Welcome to the late great at the sock. Today we are going to cast our eyes backwards to go forwards, specifically July twenty second to twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine. Which oh, uh, it still haunts me. It, shut up! I haven't introduced you yet. Okay, go ahead. Go. Jeez, <laughs> man. That day just narcissists. brings back goosebumps. All right. Rick, uh, one at a time. Yeah, okay, now go ahead. Gone, Sorry, the whole thing's Bill. gone straight to shit already, um, which is appropriate for what we're talking about, because uh, <laughs> those four days which will live in infamy were called Woodstock 99, ostensibly an attempt to uh, have a, a festival of music and peace and culture and brotherhood, uh, which just degenerated into Lord of the Flies, uh, largely because 1999 <laughs> was not the same as 1969. And uh, the uh, in 1969, they weren't charging like $10 for a small bottle of water. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, Netflix recently did a series about uh, what happened in 99. And it was called uh, Trainwreck. And it featured uh, clips of uh, myself and my, my Much Music family, uh, Rick Campanelli, Bill Walichka, Juliet Pell, Sookie and Lee. We were all there. Um, none of us got screen billing or received the least bit of money for them using our content. <laughs> um, but I thought, why not gather as many uh, of my family who were there um, to yeah. talk about this? People seem interested in it. Instead of it being a slick, uh, a slick documentary, let's just talk as people who were there. Now, this is going to turn into a bit of a sausage party. Um, I did try to get uh, Sookie and Lee and Julia. Yeah, where's Sookian? Sookian. Just couldn't be available. And how many times we rescheduled? Sookian was not available, so she agreed we should go without it. Go on without her. Juliet is really busy in New York, which is a nice way of saying that after initially getting back to me, she ghosted me. Um, so <laughs> Juliet. Uh, so we're going to talk today with two men I consider my brothers, um, uh, Rick Campanelli and Bill Walichka. Both good to both. be here, Steve. Yeah, it was good oh, to have you Steve. both. I think good to be here, Ed. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> who's Steve? We're talking to Ed, Rick. <laughs> How much are you gonna drive this into the shit? <laughs> Ed, Ed just called Rick his brother, and then Rick gets his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, but okay, thank God for editing. Every, right? every now and again, Rick, I remember that you were a phys ed graduate. I know. Yeah. And guys, right. I just took a red eye back from out west, so I'm a little on the tired side. I just woke up from a nap. Oh, oh you had a nap, did you? <laughs> Mississauga. <laughs> Mississauga. All right. So um, this is the first time, guys, I think, that the three of us have been together in on one sort of recording or whatever in it, it, it's years. It's years and years, hasn't it? A couple decades. Yeah. I think you're right. I think when you're did right. you, uh, Bill, when did you go to uh, much more music? 2000 and then i left in 2005 to go to edmonton and did that for a year then was in ottawa for six years at the ctv affiliate and then i've been in kingston for 10 years i freaking love kingston now you and kingston you're like the bit of the king of kingston at this point you've uh, no, those are the those are the hip guys all the hip guys i think uh are very prominent kingstonians and uh they are loved wherever they go i have a lot of love for the guys as well okay that's great um now tell me about what you do in kingston <laughs> um it's global it's a global news affiliate so i host and produce the morning show here but you were mentioning uh the latest netflix doc there was one last year that came out i think or earlier in the year as well on amazon or i don't know Did nobody you know? contacted me about that one but I, I think um, we both, either. all three of us have been hurt, have been contacted by people saying, did you know you were on the Netflix documentary? Yeah, that's what I, I went through that with the last one that came out like last year. Uh, they had gotten a lot of the stuff. I think CTV Bell, I, I don't know if they sold them a lot of clips. Um, it's Bell. They didn't give it to them out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember hearing about that one as well, Bill. Um, I never saw that one, um, but how did it turn out? I don't care it, about it, that one. We're talking about this other one. Well, basically, I, it was the same thing. It, it just yeah. talked about how it deteriorated into just yeah. idiots. And, yeah. and you know what? I was there in 94, uh, right. covering Woodstock 94. And the same thing happened then, not to the extent, and it didn't get as bad press. But the idea that you cannot replicate what was going on in 69. And they yeah. said that about 94. They said the same thing about 99. 
So, well, Rick, especially with the minute. bands that were involved. Yeah, yeah. Good, Rick. Shut up for a minute. Rick, sure. um, <laughs> want to mention, we mentioned what uh, Bill is doing before we get into it. should mention you are also uh, the uh, morning show co-host on uh, Toronto's uh, Z103.5, uh, Z103.5 FM. You got it. Uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday to Friday as well. I think you're hawking diapers and crap like that on your social media. I don't know what. <laughs> Ed, you, you have the times down because you've joined me a few times. Thank you so much. You're really good on the I radio. A... And I, I guess Bill inspired me all those years ago to do early morning stuff because I know, Bill, you were doing your stuff in Edmonton years ago. And, you know, there's a there's a whole new life and world in morning. Uh, oh, come on. Say, it, it sucks. It sucks. No let's one wants just to get be up honest, at okay? It's, it sucks to get up at 3.30. <laughs> but I, I got to be positive. We got to be positive hey, I, so I've we can get through the damn show, morning. What, like three times now? I got yes, up yeah, early. Yeah. I got in there right. I got in there early before the show and stuff. You I did. Up, I was. I, I wake up naturally for some reason at 4 o'clock in the morning every day. So, and I'm wide awake. Why? So yeah. I don't, I don't, I have no problem with, why are we talking about this? This is bullshit. All right. Let's talk about uh, Woodstock 99. Um, when did you, I'll uh, start with you, Rick. When yeah. were you first approached to do Woodstock 99? What were your thoughts uh, when you were asked? Well, for me to do Woodstock 99, it was a huge honor. Uh, Cause like Bill said earlier in 94, I was um, answering phones. I, I was, uh, I was helping out. I was there. I just won the contest. I remember uh, the team being sent to, you know, upstate New York to cover the, the 25th anniversary. Uh, and, and I lived through them and their coverage and, the, and what they were doing. And I was like glued to the TV uh, with what Bill was doing. I, I think Steve was there with you, right, uh, uh, Bill? Erica um, was but, there. Yeah, yeah, Erica was there as well. Yeah. yeah. But when I got asked to be part of it with you guys in 99, it was a dream come true because, you know, as we all did back in the day, we, we lived music, man. And to be part of something iconic as this festival um, was huge, it was huge. So uh, it was 99. I had just been on air for a few years and to be sent uh, to to cover Woodstock was uh, was a huge bucket list uh, item uh, uh, on, on my list so it was awesome it was an awesome start to it as we all remember the weather was great the bands were great as well james brown kicked the thing off the, the hip were up on stage doing their thing and it was was wonderful uh until it wasn't wonderful we'll get to and, that we'll get to that bill yeah but but i still remember yeah. i still remember <laughs> I was just going to say one more thing. I still remember getting my, my chest painted with Bill. Bill, do you remember the, the body paint? Well, um, this is the funny part. When Denise said, okay, yeah, we're going to Woodstock. I said, Denise, um, I'll do the crowd stuff with Rick the first night, like Thursday, yeah. Thursday yeah. night. We got there the Thursday night to be up and ready to start getting stuff on Friday. I said, but yeah. I really don't want to mess around with the crowd. I'm, I am I don't like crowds anymore. Can I just do the <laughs> interviews? Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, and I, I, got, I got the crowd stuff because I didn't do any interviews. I think you got the interviews and I did all <laughs> the crowd stuff. Sorry about I got that. To hang right? out with all the frat boys. That was the agreement I made with Denise that I'll, Thanks, I'll shoot Bill. some fun stuff Thanks. Thursday night. But then for the rest of the weekend, uh, I'm I'm <laughs> hunkered down backstage doing interviews. I don't want to mess around with these. Interviews. Well, you were the veteran, Bill, back then. I was the rookie, sort of, right? So you sent me out. <laughs> so to you the got the dirty animals. work. Yeah, yeah. So they made oh, you go do the... the. Did he get the dirty work? We will get to that too, uh... <laughs> Rick. You know, I've covered a lot of festivals, and yeah. they always make you do a porta potty story. Every oh, of time. course, of yeah. course. And um... I guess that was my their way of. Uh, 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 what are they, when you, you're at a frat house in university, uh, oh, hazing, uh, hazing, I guess a hazing, uh, no, in they, a way. Just, they just knew that if they told you to do something, you would do it no matter I would how do bad it, it I was. Would... <laughs> That's no true. matter what it was like, Hey Rick, uh, grab your ankles. Okay. What's going to happen next? Yeah. Like it was just... <laughs> no lube and That's no reach point. around. There was Rick. Um, Hence the body paint. Yeah. When I got, uh, when I was asked, the first thing I said was, where are we staying? Is it a yeah. hotel? Where are we staying? And they <laughs> said, no, it's a decommissioned army, U.S. Army base. And so there are uh, there's housing there that used to be where the army people and their families lived. And I said, OK, yes. so we're going to be staying. I said, is there hot and cold running water for showers? Yes, there's going to be that. I said, OK, is there air conditioning? 
And they said, no, there's no air conditioning. I said, well, is there electricity in the house? So they had to check and found out there was electricity in the house. Then I agreed to go. Um, I took with me uh, an air mattress and fans. I had my whole room was surrounded by fans because Did we have I, a, were we in the same house? I don't think we were. Okay. I don't remember it being a house. Wait a minute. There was a house? <laughs> yeah, See, we, I told I, you. We, they, made, they made Rick sleep in the outhouse. They, they, I was sharing a house with two guys from our crew, and I forget who they were because they what? were long days. No, Julia yeah, was we had in showers. my house. Julia we had showers. It was, like a, it was like a 10 minute walk to Woodstock or drive. Yeah, to Rome, drive. New York, or whatever this place was. Yeah. So I, uh, I uh, uh, had fans in my, and everyone laughed at me. Oh, did they laugh at me? Oh, uh, he's bringing fans. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Well, as soon as the first night came and it was blistering hot and even you open the windows, it didn't help. And I'm lying there in the center of these ring of fans and I'm nice and comfortable. People mm. was like, it was like that story about uh, Henny Penny and uh, cooking the, the cake or whatever the hell it was. Um, <laughs> and uh, people came to me and said, hey, can I sleep in your room? And I said, no, because you laughed at me. So you go <laughs> in your steaming hot sauna room and you think about laughing at me. And next time, don't laugh at me. But it was, it I was like an how odd you guys setup. It was an odd setup because it was, yeah. it was a huge subdivision that was decommissioned. And so it was like The Walking Dead, like this weird subdivision where these houses were vacant. Yeah, and, I love uh, how you guys asked for things on your rider before you left. I didn't ask for a single thing. I just was so happy to be part of it. I wasn't where did you sleep? For that. Wow. That's why they loved you, Rick, is because you were like a puppy. <laughs> just happy to be there. And in some ways, you still are. Um, I, think I, I think I stayed in an RV with Neil State the whole time. Did I not? Wow, did you pull the short straw? Yeah. <laughs> I think Sukien <laughs> stayed in the RV too. Yeah, there were two RVs as well. I remember that. And, and for much music, that was oh, like geez. making Ben Hur. That was like <laughs> uh, that was like the biggest epic ever for much music to have two RVs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we um, didn't. The, the thing is, the, the whole thing was. Uh, you'll talk in a minute, Phil. The whole thing was on, as I mentioned, a decommissioned <laughs> army base, which meant when army bases are made in, in the U.S especially when that one was built, um, they were all concerned about, you know, subterfuge. And so there was no, there were no doorways. There was no place with shade that could obscure the sun. They wanted everything wide out where people could see because they didn't want Soviet spies skulking in doorways. So there was, there was no place for shade whatsoever. The, uh, the yeah. whole place was paved blacktop. So it was all blacktop and the heat would that would come down from the sun and bounce back up off the black tar. And people, <laughs> the heat was, it was like be, being in an oven. It was unveiled. Like it, it, your, 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 your scrotum would get burned even wearing pants. It was so hot and so sweaty. Um, and that's and all I can think about. All I can think about is how uncomfortable, like how close to death are some of these people in the front that were there for mm. like two days straight. Yeah, yeah, I, I could so bad yeah. for them. So, uh, Bill, talk about some of the uh, uh, the exciting, interesting interviews and stuff that you did while you were there, and give us some behind the scenes stuff that we wouldn't have seen on camera. Well, while Rick was, uh, you know, hanging around the porta potties, talking to na half naked <laughs> girls, and uh, wait, a minute, I saw you do that too. You were talking to some girls that had soap and cleaning. They were helping them clean themselves. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what, I, wait, I what, wait, what happened? Wait, Bill was helping know. them clean themselves? Yeah, I don't clean, know what Bill, Rick is talking about. Get, anyway. Um, oh, what do I know? There's an anyway from Bill. I want to know what was going on. Well, while Rick was out there doing all that with the crowds, the, the, the backstage area was sort of side stage, I remember. And we had a nice little tent that was covered so we didn't get sunburned. Um, and yeah, the, the handlers were just bringing by the artists one by one after they were performed or sometimes before they performed. Wow. Um, I remember interviewing Offspring and I freaking love Offspring and they were talking about, you know, how they were looking forward to getting on there and they have some surprises. And I talked to the hip after they had performed and we even had a camera to go out on stage with them when they walked out on stage. That was very cool. Yeah, that was cool. I remember that. But it just it just got worse as the days went on. But to be honest, Ed, I know you'll probably talk about this later. 
I didn't know, a lot of us didn't know of the shit show that happened until we got back to Toronto. Oh, I knew. I oh, I knew. Me and, you, me and Sookie were there? live on the air in oh, our yeah. in our broadcast tower when the whole thing happened. And we'll get to that. But Rick, Rick has to go soon because he has to go pick up his kids because he's missing. Well, my Bob. kids are at school and they're waiting for dad to pick them up because my wife is out uh, doing some other things this afternoon. So, no, this I'm your third. Rick, Rick, Rick. Yes. I remember is this your third what? wife. Second or third this... wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. No, it's only my second. I, I'm still trying to catch up to you. You're on three or four right now, right? Okay. <laughs> I remember walking <laughs> to school and walking home. Why can't your kids yeah. walk home? You're doing an important recording. Why can't your kids just walk home? Well, it's quite far where they go to school, and we prefer to drive them and pick them up every day. Helicopter parents. Okay. No, um, no, no, no. We... <laughs> so Rick is going to go soon, so I should ask Rick. Memory, what are some of your memories? Um, not the official memories that we would have seen on camera where you were saying, hey, this is all great. Um, but uh, some of the stuff where you started to feel it going sideways. Well, I, I, I've got a memory that I don't remember all the details about. I don't know if you guys did this when you were there, but the, the organizers, Bill, do you remember? They, they had me get up on stage and introduce one of the bands or bring one of the bands up. Not, not one of the bigger named bands, but... Um, Bill, did you, did you do this as well? I did a stage announcement, and uh, unfortunately, it was live while we were feeding back to Much, and oh. uh, Ed was doing commentary, taking the piss out of me as I was up on the stage. Wait, did stage I do that? Did I do that? Yeah. That's amazing. I don't even remember that. Yeah, that is so I think, cool. I, I think you said, what the hell? Look at that. Look at that Bill's guy. on stage. <laughs> Uh, he has a great future in um, PA announcing at Walmart or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Bill, do you remember the band that you introduced? No, I don't. Me, well, me also, too. See, that's, he, that's he the also thing. Said, and, I, and I think he said, uh, all these people that have paid 200 bucks to be here, they're saying, who is that guy up on the stage with those stupid shorts? Get him off the <laughs> stage. I want to see a band. <laughs> well, I, I, pretty I, funny. Remember, I don't even remember that. that. Yeah, that was awesome. So that, that was one of my highlights, like just getting up there and talking to the crowd. I don't know whether we were doing some like uh, house rules or bringing up a band, but just to be up there in front of thousands of people um, that soon turned out of control. That was it was something unique. That's for sure. I but, think it was Rick that set them off. No, it wasn't me. I, I think his name was Fred Durst. Uh, or was it Rick. Jonathan Davies? Rick, when did you start to feel like initially, how was the mood when you were first, you first started talking to the people? When did you start to feel the shift? Well, they were all into it. Like I was, we were just so happy to be part of Woodstock 99. And we didn't see the, the, the bad, the nasty stuff, the messy stuff until the night rolled around. I think it was this Saturday night. I believe I, I, I remember being up on that scaffolding before you and Sukin got up there and observing. I, I don't think I was on at the time, but I remember taking a picture with Bill. I think I just posted one on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. But but you did see the crowd getting more and more and more aggressive with the bands that were coming up on stage. Now, we mentioned Corn, We mentioned Limp Biscuit. That's when I saw the turn from, you know, Sheryl Crow and the Tragically Hip and James Brown. Now you're getting some more aggressive, um, you know, frat boy music that the world loved, obviously, at the time. But they put these bands in this slot where it was just a recipe for disaster. Um, and well, except I think do you, re do you remember that the do you remember who was on before Fred Durst? Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. And okay. she said, please, uh, basically, she was saying, everybody stay calm. Let's have fun. Yeah. Let's have peace. And then Fred Durst goes up there and says, forget about what Alanis had to say. Let's break no. shit. Yeah. I don't remember that. that well, I, what about, what, I what was about Gavin? Wasn't, covering it. Wasn't Bush up there as well before, before it went Right bad? before it was like Alanis Morissette, though. Yeah. It was like she was trying to piece it. Now, you were, at least we, we alluded to the, the, and I'll get to you in a sec, Bill, when Rick runs off to be Mr. Mom. Um, you, uh, we alluded to the, the outhouses. And yeah. the, um, the, they, they were, um, visually, it would seem that they knocked the outhouses over and they were uh, body surfing in mud. But that brown stuff wasn't mud, was it, Rick? 
Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know if it was bad as Woodstock 94 that Bill was a part of because there, there was a lot of mud. There was a mud festival. But yeah, no, no, it, it, it all got out and it, it was just a nasty setup. And I know at it festivals, was poop, like Bill wasn't was it? saying, it was poop, wasn't it, Rick? You're, you're always doing these porta potty bits. And it just, I had never experienced something like that before. Like, how bad could it get? Well, you can't even dream of how bad it got at Woodstock 99. It was, it was, that, that, that was just nasty stuff that we were dealing with and the kids that were dealing with. You had to go somewhere. That's where they were going. But it, it was like the organizers weren't really maintaining what was going on down there. Like they, okay, you go, but you got to clean that shit out too. You can't just let it pile up and pile up. And uh, yeah, no, no, things got knocked over at some point. Uh, content uh, escaped from, from, you know, content inside. <laughs> yeah, is... Rick is so tactful. Be... He's always been so tactful. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, they were body surfing in shit. <laughs> Correct? I guess they were. I, yeah, and there was... I wasn't, there, but... No, no, yeah. of course you weren't. Though, you mind Jeez. you, if management had said, Rick, get down in the shit, you would, okay. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you would have said, it was actually good because it helped cool my skin. Like, yeah, you always good were good at shit, finding yeah. positives in the worst things. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but that's the, why we love Rick so much. That's that's absolutely. Um, because people say, was people always say to me, is Rick really that nice in person? I said, nicer. Um, so but the thing is, there was no place to bathe, there was no water source to clean yeah. off. So these people right. were like covered in poop, like, like the, the, the people in, in mm. quest for fire with Radon Chong. Like they were just <laughs> yeah. like in, in crackling dry yeah. poop walking around. And this tells you what the heat did to people, how crazy yeah. it You're right, because they didn't care after a while, right? They didn't care. They just wanted to hear the next band come up on stage and, and live that moment. They didn't care about the surroundings uh, until the very end. Then they went off and they let the organizers know how they, uh, how they felt. They Rick, yeah, well, I... I Rick, I think I just got a text from your kid's school. They started walking home. <laughs> yeah, because because Bill is on the contact list. He's yeah, first on the, the contact list. You're going to get a text. I'm not. Yeah, contact Uncle Bill first. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, Bill, when did you start to feel it go, go awry? Because I was backstage most of the time doing a lot of the interviews, I really didn't see a lot of the shit go down. Um, I didn't really notice it until the Sunday when someone came up to me and says, uh, they're starting fires out there. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't know about the rapes. I didn't know about any of the, you know, girls doing crowd surfing and then getting grabbed. It just yeah. repulses me. The groping. Me yeah. Thick. Yeah. Um, you know, lighting fires, knocking over shit. I, I didn't know anything about that until I got back and started reading the newspapers. Wow. Like, I had no idea. Well, yo, I didn't realize that you were quite so sheltered from the whole thing. Because we were, yeah, Bill, when, did were you, right in the middle of it. Did you leave before the Chili Peppers took to the stage? Uh, I, was back, I was backstage during the Peppers. Oh, okay. Okay. I saw a little little bit. Um, but yeah. Because the, the Peppers part, ended I, the whole festival. Did they not? On the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember, uh, Bill, you mentioned uh, rapes. Uh, I remember we were, after everything went to shit, um, there was, uh, they were pushing, the police were, were pushing the kids back. They pushed them back a, a good few hundred yards um, and created a perimeter. And there was this one girl that came up, that was standing there, wearing a, basically a sleeping bag over herself. And she was clearly freaked out. And I went over and said, are you all right? She said, no. Some guys had held her down, ripped her clothes off, and oh, poked her and things like that. And she grabbed the, she, they let her leave, uh, and she pulled a, uh, a, a sleeping bag over her. And oh. there was a, uh, basically the area that Bill was in and that the much stuff was in, and the, all the celebrities were in, was in a separate compound protected by security guards. And there was a first-class medical kit, or medical staff there, medical tent. So I took this girl and yeah. said let come with me we're going to take you to the back and we get there and you know security guards are not known for being bright um and or showing discretion so we get there and i say we've got to take her to the medical tent he says she doesn't have a wristband 
Oh. She doesn't have any clothes. Oh, uh, I said, it doesn't matter that she doesn't have a wrist. Nobody without a wristband can go back there. I said, she was assaulted. Nobody without a wristband could go back there. I said, okay. Oh. I, all I said was, go ahead and stop us. And I just walked right past with her. Wow. And the guard didn't know what to do. And then the next day in the press conference, those those sleazy promoters said there were no rapes. There were no, it's like I was firsthand with somebody, yeah. you know, who I saw the evidence of. And they just kept lying about it. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, doesn't surprise you, does it? Like it, no, it happened they were it... they were they were sleazy and they were trying to cover yeah. up everything that had happened. Um well 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 Ed and Bill, you guys remember watching the documentary. You remember that one young guy saying you can't bring these young these these uh these bands like Limp Biscuit and Corn up at night. They're just gonna get this crowd fired up and, and it's gonna get wild. You remember that part in the, yeah, in the doc? And the organizers didn't didn't believe they told, yeah. told you know pretty much told the guy to shut up, pipe down. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I guess they didn't, they didn't, they were looking at how much money they were gonna make. Of it course. Was pretty clear of these course. kids were dehydrated. Yeah. They were overheated. They felt yeah. exploited because there were no uh, facilities prepared properly prepared uh, for them. Uh, they almost, were just yes. It was it was almost a snapshot of I I, I don't want to cite the U.S. as this island unto themselves and doesn't happen anywhere else, but festivals that size happen mm. every year in Europe in almost yes. every country. Right. cities all around europe that's what goes on and they don't have the problem they don't have the rape it's the right. meathead right. mentality yeah. of uh you know stuff magazine or fhm magazine and girls gone wild videos that were huge yeah and stuff so like true that bill that time. Yeah. yeah and it's a it's frat, frat boy, boy mentality macho yeah, yeah. and yeah. i've and always said that with limp biscuit and bands like that it's uh yeah it's recipe I, for disaster I've always said, if you have a group of five guys and they're all being assholes, it takes one guy to stand up and say, man, that's not cool. Don't yeah. say that. You can't do that. And then those four guys will turn around, look at their friend and they go, you know what? You're right. It just takes that one guy. Well, you're right. And there wasn't the a whole of lot all, of those one the guys. The rest of them are just posturing. Stop. The rest of them are posturing because they think that's what you're supposed to do when you're going to be judged badly if you don't posture and it takes one guy to say this isn't cool then everybody else who wanted to feel like it wasn't cool they're like okay somebody else is saying it i'll go with him but i won't be the one to say it first see that's a shame and uh it was i mean it was a, it, it i i mean i i remember uh interviewing willie nelson which was a high point for me oh yeah um you know we got to sing on the road again together but i that's didn't amazing. know the words so I just sang on the road again. And I said, sing it with me. He says, on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Then I went, blah, 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 blah. And he started humming, doing that with me. And I said, just can't wait to get on the road again. He started laughing. It was amazing to do something you know, cool with wow. Willie Nelson. Other than that, um, I do remember when the, the shit hit the fan, the across from us. Do you guys remember that the MTV uh, uh, platform was across the, the the area from us across the state yeah. area from us i remember that yeah when things went to shit american kids were filling their water bottles with urine and throwing them at carson daly and people on the mtv platform yeah. and they were throwing metal tent pegs at them whereas in a on our side canadian kids who were there came and surrounded our scaffolding that was like they were like four or five deep surrounding it trying to protect us yeah which was like so, I mean, it, it was amazing to know that that's how our audience felt about us. Yes. But, um, yeah. Uh, Rick, you have to go. Yeah, guys. No, no. I love this chat about this. This is a great uh, conversation that we're having. And I just want to end by saying, yeah, it, what turned out, it turned out to be a, a nightmare, as we all know. Um, but it started out to be... Uh, for me, a dream come true. Uh, just being there, I was so honored to be there, being, being up on stage, saying some words, being there with you guys, shooting content, Bill getting getting our bodies painted. Like, I was always about having fun. We all were. It was that was on the so Thursday. That was on the Thursday night. Rick and I interviewed early. some girls. That, yeah. But that it was were, just so uh, unfortunate to see it turn dark. And, and we all know what happened. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate. But with a with a, with a uh, festival of that size, four nights, the conditions, it was a combination of things just going sour fast. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't proud of the fact of being a part of something like that, but I was so proud and honored to be uh, 
proud of the first few days of it, which were kind of totally opposite. All right. So, well, yeah. Thank and you to be there with you guys, man, it was, it was awesome. Well, if everything we did together, I mean, those days, there's a magic there that yeah. nobody who wasn't there, we can't even begin to describe it to other people. No. You know what I mean, Bill? Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah, we can't even begin to describe the experience of being on Much Music because we were part of something, a very small group of something that was unique, uh, a unique experience yeah. in Canadian, Canadian life and came and went. Um, and we can't possibly explain to somebody everything that was going on and how it felt. But uh, I, will, I will say that it feels bad that Rick is leaving. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I, I gotta go get uh, my and we're going to talk about school. you now. So uh, get Talk about me now. Well, when I listen to this podcast, I will hear what you say about me. Now, I know where you live. Yeah, but Rick, nobody's afraid of you. That's true. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rick, by the way, you can hear <laughs> All right, him. guys. You can hear nice him. Can say, guys and catch up with you guys. Bye, Bill. Rick, 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 wait, Rick, Rick yep. before you go, I uh, yes. hung out with Rick in early July, and I had such yeah. a great time seeing you again. Bill, I had a blast with you, too, my man. Yeah, Nobody Bill, invited Ed, me? Ed, Ed, where were you, Bill? I mean, Ed, Ed, where were you? Nobody invited Can I just, me. Bill hasn't changed one bit. He's still that, uh, you know, he's still that little shit uh, who would <laughs> prank you and play jokes on you every day at Much Music. He's still that, Bill, you're still that same guy. And I love it about you. I love that. Don't ever I love change. how you distracted from the fact I wasn't invited. Well, <laughs> I wasn't working on the guest list. Bill, were you? I don't know. Um, no, I, 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 I do email. remember saying to the organizers. I remember going, saying, I remember getting Ed an email from Rick saying, "Hey, you want to do this? They're going to pay us. Don't tell, don't tell Ed." I, I, I didn't. Was this uh, was this WTF Fest? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, that's fine. I did that a previous year. And I thought, yeah, no, you. Oh, you did it. There you go. I've, I've so done it. Why, I've done why it. couldn't we do it all together then? I don't get that. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Obviously, someone doesn't like me. Okay. See you, Rick. Love Rick you guys. Be, Rick can be heard morning. Lots Monday of love to you guys. Friday. Z1035 FM can hear him online as well. Um, so check it out 6 a.m. To, 6 to 10 a.m. That's where Rick is there with his uh partner Sandra. Love you guys. Bye, Rick. See you, bud. Bye, guys. See ya. Is he gone yet? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> how do I, how do I, how do I leave? Okay, you, you, you press, it. You, you, you hit end, you put your cursor. No, but. Put your screen. There's a little red okay, button there that says okay. end. All right, bye guys. Bye. See you. See you. <laughs> bye, Rick. Uh, All right. Well, he, he is still the same too. He he hasn't changed any in years, and that's both good and bad. <laughs> like the man, he's been through some shit, and there is not a hint of bitterness in him. <laughs> I am so bitter. Uh, yeah, you know what? There's uh, good and bad things too about, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book and, um, every now and then when you're talking about much and how important it was in our lives, every now and then a memory will come back and I'll have to write it down and then. Wait, you're writing it. a book about being yeah. much? Yeah. I am too. And about in the end since then. Yeah. Oh, do you have someone who's going to publish it yet? I have a publicist and, uh, there's a few publishers being talked about. Yeah, good for to. you. Good for yeah. you. Because when I talked to them, they're like, "We love what you wrote, but yeah, it's too competitive a market." Blah 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 blah. blah. So they didn't. I have my. I mean, my stuff's amazing. I don't know what your stuff's like, but my stuff's amazing. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? And we're getting off topic. Speaking about what Bill or what Rick said about pranking. Do you remember one of the snow jobs? Um, when a guy whose name I won't mention because I hate his guts still. Um. Yeah, I, I know who you're. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, I hate that freaking worm. Um, he, uh, his job. What we had a a lot of like a few floors in a small hotel in this snow job thing for all the much people. His job was to take the schedule for the next day, print it up, and slide one underneath the door of every hotel room uh, of a much person. And we saw him doing this, and then we would wait till he was finished, like the fifth floor, and then we would go through and we would just pull the schedules out from under the door and collect them. Remember, and then, you could still see a little bit poking out. Yeah, yeah you could. Yeah, we grabbed them. And then um, when that was all done and he was all done, we rem we'd removed all of them and then went to his door, dropped the pile 
on, on his doorstep, knocked on his door, ran down to your hotel, your, your room, closed the door. And remember him opening the door saying, who is it? What? Oh, shit. Who did? And he was just having a fit. And then it didn't take long before he was knocking on your door. <laughs> and didn't didn't wasn't he wearing his underwear and I locked him out of his own door or something? That or? was another time. That oh, okay. Another time. The, the same guy, too. Same guy. This time he came pounding on the door and we're in there trying to pretend we're not there laughing. He's like, Bill, I know you're in there. And you're probably there too. And he was mad. And then we were going to let him go. And you're like, no, no, no. And you put on a bathrobe and you opened the door like you'd been sleeping. And you're like, what's going on? It was the middle of the afternoon. And you're like, what, what's going on? What, what are you, you took the thing to the papers and put, what? Oh, why would you say that, John? I would never do that. You're like, that was hilarious because you're, it was the worst attempt at covering something up ever. <laughs> and he knew that we did it but had no proof and that was uh, and then of course he went on to uh, be a complete a-hole and was one of the key reasons that I quit much music but that's another story climbed, for another he, day he did climb the ranks pretty high somehow yeah, you, yeah well you do that when your head is so firmly up somebody's asshole that you just use their intestines to keep pulling yourself up <laughs> pulling yourself up until you're higher um, so uh, you basically um, were surprised when you found out all the shit that went on while you were actually on the premises of Woodstock. You hear bits and pieces, but it's like, oh, someone told me, I heard from someone that they heard. And you take that shit with a grain of salt. And it wasn't until, like I said, I got back to Toronto where I actually started reading about the crap that went on, especially on the, sat the Sunday. Saturday, people were talking a little bit about it. But it wasn't until I got back, like I said, where I started to find out find out the magnitude of the of the uh, the the meatheadedness. And so wait, you, uh, you weren't there when the, the stuff went bad. We all went back into the sort of the much compound, which was two RVs, and uh, management was saying, "Everybody get on the RVs. We're going to leave." I think I remember that. Because... Okay, I hope they weren't going to leave you behind. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? I have no recollection of getting home. I'm I'm thinking about it now. I don't know how I got home. Well, how'd you get up there? I have no memory of that. <laughs> what, were you transported by a UFO? At, like know. lost time? They probe uh, Uranus? Like what? Don't, I have no idea. I honestly can't remember. Okay, let's let's keep in mind... We're talking 23 years ago. Yeah, and I was, you know, everyone was, it was just, it was a weird, weird weekend. I know what Rick means. It was an honor to cover it. Yeah, there was that element too. But it was also, looking back at these documentaries, the most recent one on Netflix and the one last year, I think on Amazon Prime or something, there was, after watching it, it was like, there was, I felt ashamed that- Why would you be ashamed? You had nothing to do with what went wrong? No, but we were- there that weekend and we didn't know what was going on and we couldn't have done anything but i will say the some of the mtv coverage had nothing to do with music it was a whole bunch of guys saying show us your tits show us your tits Woo! that was my late night show i think you're confusing the two <laughs> um yeah well mtv at that point had really shifted heavily away from music anyway it was all spectacle uh, much always continued to be about music until it completely abandoned it. But at that point in time was still music. Um, I remember, yeah. like, I, I was not honored to be there. To me, it was just another freaking thing to do. Um, and I remember uh, Sook and I happened to be live as it was going bad. It's like we, uh, you could feel where we were in the air because we, like, in the, on the platform, you could see the crowd. You could just get a feeling of stuff that was coming and was the lot... sun setting at that point yeah. did the sun go down the sun was was it was a you know it settles really slowly in july and the yeah. sun sets slowly so it's starting to dim it's like dusky and uh uh alanis goes up and does her you know her peace and love folky type stuff um and then says you know everybody chill out let's relax and then as i said earlier fred durst gets up there and says Forget about, he didn't call her Alanis, he called her Alanis, because that's how Americans talk, um, and said, uh, let, don't mellow out, let's break shit. And then he jumps into his song, Break Shit. And then I remember there was hoarding, like, you know, uh, planks of wood 
that were up against fencing and so on. And oh, yeah, they, yeah, just they, tore everything down. They yeah. tore it down. They it was like paneling, size of paneling for basements, and people were getting on top of the panels, and the crowd underneath was holding them up. So it was like Aladdin on a magic carpet of wood, um, except that it was unstable. People kept falling, and people like broke arms and crap like that. And it just started going further and further crazy. And I said on the air, this is about to go, before that happened, I said, this is about to go really bad. And um, Sukian said, I, I'm not sure. Watch, this is going bad. This is Lord of the Flies. Watch what's happening. And we just watched it degenerate and get worse and worse. And they kept saying, um, should we leave? Like management was up there. Should we leave the platform? Should we, no, no, let's stay. Let's cover more of it. Should we leave? No, let's cover more of it. Of course, keeping us up there, when all this crap was going on around us, they flipped a car. You remember the car that yep, was flipped yep. and set on fire about 55 feet from our platform? <laughs> that's all you could think of is, uh, are we next? Yeah. yeah, that's and when we finally left and got to the to the compound and it was decided, no, we weren't all going to drive away, management <laughs> tried to get, were you one of the people that uh, they tried to get us VJs to go back to the uh, platform amidst all the chaos and try to get back some equipment because it was expensive. <laughs> uh, no, I don't that? remember that. Oh, man. You don't remember that? No. It's like, and did hey, anyone do it? No, we all said we gave them the big FO. But they were like, hey, you know, that equipment's pretty expensive. Can you guys go out there? They probably won't attack you. Can you guys go out there and, and carry back? And it was heavy equipment. Like, what, what were we supposed to do? Like, we're supposed to, like, carry it together? Like, people lifting things off the back of a truck in a, in a heist? Like, it was... Excuse me, guys. Yeah, I'm just going to lean in here and grab this cable that I forgot. Okay, carry on. Thank you. Yeah, we yeah. need this. We need this. This. This big amp. This video amp. We need to take that with us. And uh, yeah, you know, carry on, guys. Uh, and then <laughs> I'll just be out of your way now. Yeah, we'll just yeah. Don't we're, just just ignore. Go ahead, light that car on fire. We're just going to take this expensive broadcasting equipment. Um, but I'm. I think there is. I don't know. A lot of people would disagree with me, though. When you're on stage, you're commanding the audience. It is up to you to bring people down. It is up, not bring them down, like emotionally, but calm them down. Yes. Uh, remind people that we're all in this together. You got to take care of each other. It's the Dave Grohl school of rocking. When you see someone that's down, you stop the show. Pick that guy up. Help him up. Okay. Are you two fighting? security escort these two guys out of here you know what i mean you're yeah. responsible for those people that have paid money to see you and you got to take care of them and fred durst obviously could see girls being groped while crowd surfing if that was me man i would have stopped the crowd i would have you know i would have gone into the crowd help that girl over make sure she's okay and then carry on the show well because you're a decent human being despite all the things i've written about you anonymously online um <laughs> and uh well, Fred Durst, I hated him from the beginning. I thought he was a giant freaking douchebag. And I always hated him. Whenever they would, uh, Much Music would play the videos and say how great it was, I'd say I hated him. To the point where he was being interviewed by somebody uh, in L.A., uh, one of our colleagues. And he said, why the hell does that Ed the Sog hate me so much? Um, Good. What's the compliment? Good yeah, exactly. But um, I remember that when uh, they decided we weren't going to pull away and weren't going to leave, they got Sook in and I to get on top of the, uh, the the RV with a camera guy and to record live from the top of the RV. Um, and you could see in the distance, the police had pushed the, the, the people back uh, several hundred yards and there was lineups, like there was a, an actual line of police, then a line of these, these rioters and the garbage cans all were on fire. They all had set fires in garbage cans and they were hitting the garbage cans with sticks and stuff. Like it was, it was very like very tribal. Yeah. Very exactly, very tribal. Like people had just abandoned civility. I guess in numbers, they you know people just just lose their minds. They become part of this mob. And we're watching all this happen. And um, the thing about getting up on the on the roof of the RV was the ladder didn't quite reach. So we had to sort of like, you know, when you're going up, you can sort of jump up, use your arms, whatever, pull yourself up. And then somebody helped pull me up because I have no arms. Um, going, getting back, <laughs> getting back down off of the, the thing, you had to put your feet out uh, like into 
into space. Like you didn't, you couldn't see where the ladder was. You couldn't see how far down it was. You were basically like just dropping into, into dead air. And it was like, it was terrifying. And they're like, just jump down. It was probably about five feet between the gap from the top to, to where the, the, the ladder was. And it was very easy to miss. And you, would, you couldn't just slide down, hold on and, and touch your feet. To, it was too, too much further away. And we were, were like, I don't feel comfortable. I was pretty sure I was sleeping on top of that RV. Man. That was the, those were the times. Um, but uh, ultimately, you say you feel kind of ashamed of being part of it, though? It's a difficult thing to explain. Um, I ser just, you know, simply by being there. Yeah. Uh, physically being there, there is a sense of not contributing contributing to it, but maybe not doing whatever we could do to help. And let's, you know, what are you going to do against 300,000 people? But you, but you said you didn't even, you weren't even aware this was going on. So what could you have done? Just the idea. I'm ashamed of my own sex most of the time. I belong to the White Ribbon Campaign. I think we've talked about this before. I don't remember and, we have, but good for you. But uh, men getting together to men, to end men's violence against women. You need men to step up to start the dialogue. Well, to remind guys to remind guys that it's not cool. You know, I think other guys. Most, I think most guys know it's not cool. The guys who don't know it's not cool. I don't know what you can really do. I mean, it, yes, in media and places like that, we have to show a different respect. Uh, uh, the depiction of women, the depiction of how men relate to women, because media does codify our behaviors. Um, I think most guys, like, we're getting serious here, but the fact is most assaults, uh, the person who commits an assault will commit several assaults. So it's not like um, if 10 people are assaulted, that was 10 different guys. It might have been one guy. It might have been two guys. It's it, But we have to basically, when guys are making jokes that denigrate women, that's when you step, you can step up and say, you know, because sometimes those attitudes that giving some tacit approval to depicting women in a certain way can encourage people who you don't know are abusers, but it could encourage them and you don't know that they are. So the best way we can do it is just just say this stuff's not cool. And you're right. There is an age factor where a lot of, you know, a lot of university, first year university students, a lot of these frat guys are 18 years old. And if you're going to be hanging around with five like-minded 18-year-olds, uh, yeah, you might have never done anything as severe as, you know, accost an innocent woman. But if you're going to get drunk enough and you see some guy grope, you're going to think it's cool. No, it's got to it's got to be that one guy to talk to the other 17-year-olds and say what you're about to do, what you're thinking about. Not for I think that it needs to be. I think it's one guy who's gonna do the groping, and the rest of the 17 year olds have to step up because most of them know it's wrong and they're afraid because of peer pressure. But I, like we said earlier, we're both guys, we understand this. If one guy steps forward and says this is not cool, you will find that the majority of the rest of the guys also felt it wasn't cool but didn't feel confident enough to speak up. You speaking up will give them the confidence to express what they really feel, which is that this is not cool. And it totally turns, the, turns the entire dynamic around, right? Uh, I could, uh, even on a smaller scale, a couple of weekends ago, um, <clears throat> crossing the street on Princess Street, downtown Kingston, there was this homeless guy with a, a shopping cart, it was overloaded. And he was crossing the street and it fell over to the side. So I ran across the street to help the guy lift yeah. up his shopping cart so he can get it across without being hit by a car yeah and uh three or four i'm i'm i don't know if they went to queens or rmc or st lawrence college but you know first year post-secondary ageish about five of them walked by and said something to the guy you know like, oh nice shopping cart loser or i don't know something like that mm -hmm. i just thought fuck this guy is homeless you have the privilege privilege of going to an expensive post-second education facility here. Have some empathy, man. And if just one of them turned around to the other guys and said, you know, that's not cool. You shouldn't have said that. Poor guy. We should go help him. Well, that's you know, all it would have taken. Well, you know, my history with the homeless, we, uh, uh, we, uh, Liana and I and our team uh, brought in a, a woman who had been homeless, who was begging across the street from yeah. uh, 
We hired her. That was years years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We hired her. She and we helped her get get uh, off the street and get off drugs. And she uh, stayed with us for nine years till we were all done with with much. Uh, eventually, moving up to the job of senior producer. And she then uh, went uh, to Montreal, got a de- got a degree. She's now the executive director of a uh, housing for the for the, the disadvantaged uh, administration in Montreal. She just finished teaching in uh, the East Coast or in I think the East Coast uh, over the summer. She was teaching various courses. Um, she has become like such a huge contributing member of society. Um, and I always feel like when I walk by a homeless person, I always give them money because it's amazing how many people will give them money after you do. But they don't want to be the first one. <laughs> you know, it's Good for uh, you. It, it's uh, well, you know, the people who always say, ah, they're just they're just uh, fooling you. They, they've got a they've got a Cadillac around the corner that they get in the car. They got a fancy. No, that's bullshit. People tell themselves these stories so they can feel good about not giving money to the people harmed or like, I don't want to support their lifestyle. It's like, you know how much money you give to rock stars and movie stars who are like heavily into drugs and shit like that? That lifestyle you'll support. But somebody who's just trying to get a meal, that because that's, of course, something that they're going to be encouraged to stay on the street by uh, you giving them money. Anyway, it's another story altogether. Um, yeah, that's where you're dealing with addiction. You're dealing with mental health issues in a lot of cases. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. But anyway. Um, but you know, uh, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about this, to give our experiences. Who was your favorite interview during, uh, when you were there at at Woodstock, by the way? So many of them, a lot of the bands I'm a fan of, uh, Offspring, uh, you know, Bush, um, the hip, you know, no hearing their reaction of just coming off stage and what they describe it as. As walking out on stage, it's like you're a plane about to take off from an aircraft carrier. Just that. What did that just mean? That, that mission of flying fat, you know, flying quickly off the surface of an aircraft carrier off into where wherever the hell you don't know is it's going. And it's true. And looking out and seeing his head uh, heads as far as the horizon, I've never seen that many people from that view. What did it, how did it, what did it make you think of, or how did it affect you being, I mean, that's pretty scary. Most people's, most people are more afraid of public speaking than dying. And I know there you are up in front of all of those, like when when we're doing much, we're in front of a camera. We're maybe in front of a, a, a small group of people on the street or a small group of people in the environment. Um, it is not the same thing as being exposed to all of those people. When you went out there and went from being the VJ in front of the camera to being the person in front of all the, the sea of human beings, what did you shit your pants at all? No, not at all. Uh, I, I know what made me feel good is seeing a bunch of Canadian flags go up in the air. That was amazing. And I'm sure that's what the hip saw too when they walked out and uh, you know, you can be anywhere and see a hip show and there's going to be Canadian flags. It's just the way it is with them. Well, yeah, kind of a given. Um, And I'm sorry for all of the things I said about you while you were on stage. (laughs) Actually, the truth is I'm not sorry. I got to send you, I I have the clip somewhere on my YouTube channel. Do you really? Yeah. Where is your YouTube channel so people can find it? Uh, it's just my name, Bill Wolitschka, W-E-L-Y-C-H-K-A. I think it's a chapter called Much Music 94 to 2000. And if you scroll through, you'll see the clip with you and me on stage and your voiceover going, this guy's got a great future doing Walmart announcing. <laughs> I was a real bastard, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But you knew, you knew that it was all said in love. Because, oh, I love it. Yeah. Because... We did not have people always say who you know who did you like who who did you hate I didn't hate anybody uh, you know any of the any of my much music colleagues um, we knew we were sort of part of a club and some you're closer to than others but I didn't have enmity towards anybody that we worked with and you and I well, were it was good that way you and I were were you know we were pals the whole time um, I remember when I started there you were one of the first people to really welcome me. I don't um, think I ever told you this. Your first VJ shift, he uh, Dave Kynes wanted to pair you with someone, so he paired you with me. We got through a four-hour VJ shift on a Saturday. It was really good. David Kynes came up to me the next day, and he goes, you got to challenge him more. 
I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you you laughed at a lot of the things he said. You got to challenge him. I go, Dave, he's funny. That is hilarious. Really? I, I didn't know that. Stop him from being him? You can't stop him from being him. I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. The things you find out afterwards. Well, I'll find out when I read your book, and you'll find out things when you read mine. Since we're <laughs> okay. probably going to wind up self-publishing and putting it on Amazon anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Bill? Uh, By the way, I love I love David Kynes. Don't get me wrong when I said that story. No, there was nothing Dave. about that. No, no, of course not. That's I mean, Kynes is Kynes. Um, I just saw him last. Ones. I just saw him last week. Um, so, Bill, thank you for spending time with me and catching up. Yeah, and catching up. It's great to to connect. And uh, because we are uh, we are our brothers, um, I'm not even angry that you decided to do a video show with Steve Anthony with one of my competitors without telling me. When was that? What? <laughs> Aren't you doing a show with Steve Anthony about with videos for? Uh, uh, oh, Rob? it hasn't even launched yet. We're not doing it with him. I'm not doing it with him. It's separate things. Oh, okay. You just shined a spotlight on something you didn't need shining a spotlight on. I don't mind. Whatever you do, like I give it my blessing um, because we do not compete. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God no. Yeah, no. we do not compete. That when they told me about it, the guy told me about it. I was like, oh, that's great. I love both Bill and Steve, and uh, there's room for all of us out there. And uh, I hope he's paying you. <laughs> that's all yes. I can say. I hope you're getting some money out of it because otherwise it's a waste of your time. Um, yeah. And how's and the new music nation's taking a break, but it's coming back. It's coming. Yeah, we're actually just today working on uh, new stuff with our VJ Dez, who's out in Inovic, um, who. Uh, sent me some great stuff and we're starting to pick up again. It's it's hard to to build something these days because there's so much con like, so much um uh chaff out there. Yeah, yeah. there's so much con and it's not really competition in the sense that it's actually equal to what you put out. The fact is there's so much shit out there. There's never been more shit out there in the history of humanity than there is in like stuff on YouTube. And stuff on TikTok and stuff. It, just because you've got a camera that can record and you can, doesn't mean you know what the hell you're doing. There's so much <laughs> shit out there. And it's hard to, to find the good stuff through the shit because there's just so much shit. Uh, it's like trying to find a half a peanut in an outhouse full of shit. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you have a brand that can never be replicated. And uh, that's your strong point. Well, and as do you, people love you, Bill. You're you're eternal, and they can find. Can they find you online with your your morning show? Uh, yeah, there's a Google search. Do Google search. You'll, all that stuff's out there. All right, and I, you had Leanna and I into your show when we were doing our uh, our uh, live uh, concert, our music concert tour. So pre-pandemic, yeah, yeah, I appreciate. It. it was weird though because we went into your studio and the cameras are like robotic now that's the industry that's the yeah. business but it was so weird because i'm used to being there being guys women on cameras and a floor director and stuff and we go in and it's you and us and mm -hmm. there's no one else there and i'm like is is this actually happening is like did, <laughs> did bill sneak us in here before hours and there's no actual show happening here it was so i mean it must take some getting used to being out there completely alone no humanity around you well, uh, in the past, I want to say 20 years, uh, a TV crew would go has gone from maybe 10 to 12 people to down to maybe three or four. And that's pretty much across the board, unless you're CTV Bell Media and you have maybe nine or 10 people. Well, they need nine or 10 people so they can have people they can let go next time there's a round. Then they can go. fire yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they, yeah, if you don't have people that you can fire, how do you fire people? Um, but OK, I'm glad that you're doing well there. I'm glad to see you prospering. Are you still doing newspaper writing stuff too? Uh, no, I, I've basically, that's what sort of launched the book is I think I've told enough stories with the column that uh, I wanted to stopping it. I wanted to stop it and then realizing, no, there's a lot more to be said. So. Excellent. Well, I hope I get, uh, I hope I get a preview. Uh, you'll, you know what? I, I'm going to send you a free copy when it's done. Oh, that's so nice. And I'll, <laughs> And I'll send I'll send you a free copy as well. We'll exchange things that way. Okay. All right, because that's what friends do. All right, Bill Walichka can be found. Uh, is there a social media place to find you too? Ah, just Google the name. Just Google the name, Bill Walichka. 
W-E-L-Y-C-H-K-A. Tell um, Red I said hi, okay? I will. And uh, the best to you and uh, your new house and housemate. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda? Oh, she's downstairs. Okay. She would have been thrilled to hear from me. You should have had her hang standing by. No, it's my fault. All right. Well, you tell Amanda I said hello. Okay, bud. And I hope to see you sometime out in Kingston or when you come back to the Toronto area. You bet. All right. Sure. Thank you. This has been the late great Ed the Sock with Bill and occasionally Rick. And uh, uh, tune in next time we do a podcast and who knows what we'll be talking about. Because I don't know because I don't plan these things. All right. See ya.